0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. It's July 10th. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. and sitting right next to me in Oakland, California is the effervescent and intoxicating Steph Walton. Hey, Steph.
1: Hey. That's, I mean, if someone could ever just call me that on a daily basis, effervescent and intoxicating, I think my whole life would change. But you
0: are. You totally. (laughs) So are you, girl. Oh, I don't know if I'm effervescent, but. um.
1: You are intoxicating.
0: Oh, I guess I try. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel, you know what? Today's going to be a really tough show. It's just going to be tough. So um, it's going to be dark and it's going to be tough and we're going to talk about rape and it's fucking awful. Excuse me. Um, So just brace yourself that, you know, you and listeners, brace yourself. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. Uh, We're filled with rage and we're just going to talk about it. But before we do, of course, we have to tell you that Start Me Up is an independent podcast supported by listeners. So, you know, I just can't stop coughing today. Please check out some of our past shows and consider supporting us with any dollar amount. You visit patreon.com slash startmeup and you can become a patron. If you become a $5 patron, you'll have access to the End Another Thing segment where you and I, Steph and I, usually get into all kinds of interesting subjects from sex to pop culture to politics. And occasionally we get pretty personal. It's always something different and we hope that you'll support the show. And, um... Today on end another thing, I have lined up that we're going to talk about men we've dated and maybe sometimes that we haven't been so nice since we're going to focus on asshole men on the free show, and um, and of course when our dates uh, might have acted in an inappropriate way. Um, oh, good lord, <laughs> I have some don't, stories. Don't don't ask
1: my past dates how I may have uh, acted in an inappropriate way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I have some stories on that too, and they're kind of cringeworthy. But I will share them because usually we're bagging on men. And you know what? Also, a huge big thank you to everybody who's a patron already. You make this podcast possible, and we're so grateful for you. And last, before we get into it, uh, on Monday I had the extreme pleasure of interviewing actor director Vincent D'Onofrio. That was one of my highlights of my life. He he's one of my favorite actors. It was a it was a long conversation, almost two hours, and he was really open. He was really friendly. And even if you're not an actor, the way that he described his craft and his creativity, it was fascinating. And last, last uh, Wednesday, I spoke with The Feminist Next Door. And oh my God, that was an incredibly popular show. As usual, she's so freaking smart. We're going to talk a little bit about her tweets on this show. Um, people loved that show. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. All right. So here we go. It's go- we're we're going to walk into the darkness now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean when have we stepped out into the light since um november 9th 2016 like honestly you no, know y- i mean that that's an overstatement of course life there are still beautiful bright yeah. spots yeah. you know we have our health we have people that we love around us we have friendship we have you know what i mean we yeah. have our children we've got we have stuff great stuff but it's it's these are dark times and yeah. they continue the it darkness keeps darker It gets darker and darker and more disgusting. But please, I mean, I'm going to let you roll this out and then I'll be ready to jump on that bandwagon. Don't you worry about a thing.
0: Uh, Well, of course, we're going to spend a decent amount of the show talking about the Epstein situation and Mm. um, how, you know, I will say this. Okay, it's dark and it's, it's, it's just terrifying. But I hate to say this, in order to end or at least diminish this rape culture. Um, I think it's going to take, you know, terrible truths and uncomfortable truths to pound us until Mm -hmm. we're finally ready to change. And I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I have proof, but, and I'll get into that in a minute, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, for instance, there was a story and I I wish I could remember this person's name and I never Google it in advance because I don't know I'm going to bring her up. I think it was her name was Terry or Teresa or something like that. But back in the 80s, this woman was abused by her husband and and, and Nancy McKeon actually played her in a made for television movie. But she...
1: Joe from Facts of Life? Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Joe from Facts of Life. (laughs) And uh, Facts of Life. And... The deal was her husband was abusing her and she would call the cops and the cops were like, well, we can't do anything. He's your husband. If you were your boyfriend, we could do something, but we can't do anything because he's your husband. And he would just beat the shit out of her until finally one day she calls the cops and they show up and in front of the cops, the husband, I think he like puts his foot on her neck or he does something to her neck that like permanently, um, he didn't disable her, but he fucked her up bad. And So that became, you know, then they finally arrested him and that became such a high profile case that new laws against domestic violence were created. So Mm -hmm. it took something so awful and violent and egregious to get some kind of justice. And I think in terms of the patriarchy, which is not just one incident, it's just this um, culture that we're immersed in. It's going to take something way more egregious than one violent event. And, you know, I mean, we've been building up to it because we've got, you know, we had Cosby and Woody Allen, although Woody Allen's not in jail. But, um, you know, we've had incidents where men have been exposed for what they've done after people have been defending them forever and then you know, okay, it seems like we're making some progress. So now this Epstein thing happening. I mean, this is going to be this is egregious on in the fact that he raped so many young girls, but then there's the, also the fact that he is going to be given a deal to, you know, keep him out of jail or at least a lower no, sentence. He's going to go to jail, right? But yeah, it'll be a lower a sentence. lower sentence, but he's going to have to name people and. This is where it's going to get ugly because he's going to name liberals and Democrats. And, you know, there's the there is the possibility that Bill Clinton has something to do with this because he's already come out and say that he hasn't uh, he had no idea of what was going on when he when he rode on Epstein's plane, which was nicknamed the Lolita Express. And. He said that he. So vile. Yeah.
1: It's in plain sight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's like, but I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that Bill Clinton is going to be guilty. He's lied before. I, I, I didn't inhale. I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. I don't want to believe that he would do something like that. But I've got to be, we've all got to be prepared um, that this man will be named. I mean, no girls have come forward um, saying that this happened. So, you know, that's good. But who knows? New girls or women, I should say, are coming forward about when they were girls. So, mm-hmm. but we all have to brace ourselves for, for what's about to pop because it's going to get ugly and it's going to be people maybe that we admire or, right. th- but, I,
1: but no more. No, I don't, I don't admire, um, child molester, rapists, um, uh, sexual assaulters and predators. No. And, and, and the people who are complicit with them. And I'm I not going to defend those them. people no. and I don't defend them and I don't care who it is Bye. Yeah, you're done and you belong in prison. Yeah. And anybody that thinks it's a good idea, especially, you know, you see pictures. I I saw a picture of Acosta with um, his two daughters and his wife standing next to him as he was, you know, signing on to be a cabinet member, I guess, with Mike Pence. That's a creepy mofo, by the way, standing behind him, looking down. And I'm like, this is a man standing with his daughters and his wife who knowingly broke the law. Mm -hmm. And 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 did not inform the victims of Jeffrey Epstein yeah. in the early two thousands. Right, he he broke the law and and sentenced Epstein to a light. You know, yeah, the dude was able to go to work during the day. Yeah, okay. exactly.
0: Twelve. Uh, I think I, it was twelve hours a day he was allowed um, to get out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It, it, this is if this is, you know, it's a man's world. Yeah, right. Like, sorry, women and girls. Yeah. But you don't have any rights. Mm-hmm. Zero. None.
0: No. And then I mean, this kind, this is a different subject. But it kind of goes to the same story. I don't know if you happened to watch Rachel Maddow last night. Did you see it? didn't oh my god um Rachel Maddow got some breaking news while she was on the air and it had to do with some of these uh immigrant children in the detention centers and there was a story that came out about a 15-year-old girl who was or I should say she was 15 at the time and she talked about how she was treated by these white male guards who you know of course in front of other immigrants grew you know a group of the other Im- immigrants he he touched her breast he he made her take her shirt off or he made her pull her shirt up or something, and he touched her breasts. He made her pull her pants down. And while he was, um, you know, giving her that, I don't remember what the term is when you're when you're looking for, um, you know, knives or what a pat down or whatever. She Mm -hmm. said that he groped her. But but the worst part about it, and this is feminist next door brought this up, um, was that there was laughter. He was laughing and his white male guard friends were laughing. Mm -hmm. And this was Christine Blasey Ford 1000%. Yeah, said that that she heard that laughter when when she when Brett Kavanaugh was trying to rape her. And so that laughter is almost worse than the actual assault, because that's going to stay with you. You know what I mean? Like that that laughter is like a mocking of like, you mean nothing. It's
1: indelible in the hippocampus of the brain. Yes. Let's not forget those words. Right. And we, you know, anytime, think anytime you've ever been made fun of, Mm -hmm. and regardless of whether it was around, I mean, God forbid a sexual assault, Mm -hmm. but think about how powerful that is as a child. If you trip and fall in front of your entire class and yeah. you're trying to walk across the playground looking cool and people laugh at you. You'll never forget those moments. Right. I, you know, ever, 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 I, can, I could bring up, you know, a handful right now from when I was a little kid all the way up, you know, you just, you never forget those moments and to be laughed at while being sexually assaulted, I, I could see that as um, being life-ruining. Yeah. For, for people yeah. I just like I'm just cringing
0: it's just I, so sad and it's so awful and it's like I um Jessica Valente is also on a ro- on a rampage in a role and she said um after years of writing about feminism uh, or actually I th- this was about the fact that Jeff Jeffrey Epst- Epstein should just get caught and go to jail. And she goes, after years of writing about feminism, however, I know better. Epstein may go to jail, hopefully minus the sweetheart deal this time, but that won't stop the quiet defense of his behavior. Mm -hmm. And then she said, already we're seeing rumblings about how Epstein wasn't really a pedophile because his victims were post pubescent as if raping children isn't bad if they have developed breasts. And Mm. so, you know, we did see this. uh, She talked about how People defended what Roy Moore did because they were older teenage girls, and you know there there was um, I don't know there was some there was some man that was saying oh here it is it's, it says um, Rutgers University biologist Robert Trivers, for example whose research funded by Epstein defended the alleged pedophile in 2015 saying that girls mature now. Or earlier now than in decades past, by the time they're 14 or 15, they're like grown women who uh, like grown women were 60 years ago. I don't see these acts as heinous, he said. So these girls, you know, I mean, with the Epstein story, basically it's, you know, he preyed on a lot of either girls that wanted to be models or homeless girls, and he would get them up to his mansion and he had his little special room where he had a massage table and he would have them like pinch his nipples and they'd massage him and then he'd jerk off. And then this one, there's a new girl who came out today who was 15 at the time who said that he just like grabbed her and violently raped her, but then he would give her $300. So for these girls who are vulnerable, who, you know, they want. To be models, they want to be actresses. They're
1: starving. Yeah, they're starving. Yeah, they're on the streets. Mm-hmm. So here, mm-hmm.
0: here's an opportunity for them to have some food and to, you know, and to have a little bit of shelter for some time or something. And and they're vulnerable, and their minds are still maturing and growing. Their brains are still developing. Mm-hmm. And and you have this um, heinous man, who, by the way, I just want to add, I hate saying this. This makes me so uncomfortable to say it out loud, but it makes me uncomfortable to feel it. In some ways, Jeffrey Epstein looks like this man that I used to date. Mm. Not exactly, but they're similar. And I don't think Epstein is so handsome, but he is a nice-looking man. If you were to see him and you didn't know he was a pedophile, you know he's, he, he may not be your type, but he would be, you know, viewed as a nice-looking man. And that bothers me. It mm-hmm. bothers me so much that I, what if I you, know, had been out and about and, and, and met him? And he was friendly to me and treated me with respect. Could I have gone out on a date with this man? I mean, it's it's like it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And I I mean, it's, it's easy to hate on an ugly rapist. But when you have somebody who's a, a fairly nice looking person, you know, I mean, even like the uh, what's that guy the, that that serial Ted rapist. Bundy. Yeah, the women were like in love with him. And that's the weird part. It's like because if they're good looking, then. Their, their behavior is excused by certain women, which feeds into the narrative w- that what they did wasn't so bad.
1: I'm going to throw up.
0: I know. I told you today's show was going to be dark. But you know what? We're fucking pissed. And something needs to break. A, the dam needs to break. Right. Because rape culture is just fucking endless. It just goes mm-hmm. on and on and on and it's accepted or it's ignored or it's, you know, people stand by while shit happens and they say nothing.
1: Right. Always. And
0: it, yeah. And it, it just, it needs to change. And, and the, I mean, it's like, yeah. it, it needs to change in the way that, it, I mean, there's several ways that it's going to have to change. I mean, we, we need to have more women uh, with, it, you know, whether it's in the judicial system or in lawmaking. Um, but it's also that the culture needs to stop treating women like I hate to say this because it's awful but they treat us like we're cum receptacles. You know, I mean Ugh. that that's what feminists Next Door
1: I, I read that, yeah. and that. I mean that was even it, it that harshness mm-hmm. is tough. It is. But it's but it's accurate. Yeah. And and it's culture. She said she said dumpster by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. But that's, which makes it, which makes it, makes it even worse. It makes it even worse.
0: <laughs> and I mean, okay, do I do I have to say this not all men, but obviously I mean, I'm. No, of course. I mean, you we have you, a wonderful husband. I have oh. a wonderful boyfriend. We love our, you know, you loved your father. I love my father. I love my brother. Obviously, it's not all men, but Jesus Christ, it's enough. It's too many. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then this fucking guy, on um, Twitter, I think she, I think Feminist Next Door said something like, you know, you don't. I think this was in response to her saying, you know, you, you shouldn't have to be someone's father to understand, you know, why you should be against rape or whatever. And he said, you lose all you lose credibility when you openly hate all men. Some men are pieces of shit. Most aren't. Some blacks are pieces of shit. Most aren't. And some women are pieces of shit. Most aren't. And I said, this is the most common retort from defensive men who refuse to recognize that feminists don't hate men. They hate patriarchy. I'm so Mm -hmm. fucking sick of being accused of hating men. But you know what? The more this behavior continues, I mean, I'm never going to hate men as a whole. You know what I mean? But I, but I am very angry at them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very angry. Yeah, because they're men are are, are really a key factor in changing rape culture. And right. And and while there are a lot of them who are getting it and and understanding how to behave when a when another when a friend makes a rape joke or whatever, and there's like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Um, More men that do that. Thank you. But there's not enough of you. Yeah, it sucks to point out that your friend is behaving in a way that you don't like. But I mean, are you really happy to be friends with someone who's making jokes about rape? You know, and I hate to say because it shouldn't be about if you have a daughter or a wife. I mean, you you hear these stories of gay people getting killed because of their sexual orientation. And it doesn't mean that I have to have a gay friend in order to feel empathy for the person who was killed or beaten up. Right. Why do you have to be a father or, or a son?
1: Well, but that just makes it so much worse. It's like we're just, we're just proving the point how wrong it is. Like, oh, and by the way, Alexander Acosta has two daughters. Right. You know what I mean? That's just, right. oh, and if you weren't already convinced that it's wrong for any man to give a lenient sentence to someone who was raping children for a living. Yeah. Then let me just also point out that he's the father of two girls. Yeah. So that's just that's I I don't even want to say icing on the cake. Exactly, two or three
0: girls. Two,
1: two. Okay, and a wife that doesn't that doesn't speak up. Yeah, but you know whatever we don't we don't know her situation. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother trying to you know slice and dice what's going on in her head. Right. Well, she Um, didn't look too happy. No, no, and yeah, whatever. We don't need. I don't even want to. You know, that's just we. We started it with Brett Kavanaugh yesterday. Um, last night, Kamala put a little clip of her questioning him about, "Do you think that the government should have agency over men's bodies?" <laughs> uh, you remember that question? Yes. And he was just like couldn't 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 spit anything out. Yeah, much like much like myself half the time. He he couldn't spit anything out. Um, You know that's when it started. You know, Kimberly, I got on a plane and went to D.C. I had really no other purpose other than to just fight that rape culture and the fact that he was being nominated. And I sat in in the Senate hearing, in the judiciary hearing with Brett Kavanaugh. I watched Lindsey Graham have that seething moment. Remember when he was screaming? I watched Kamala question Brett Kavanaugh. And still... He's confirmed, mm-hmm. and who put and who put him over the top? A woman, mm-hmm. yeah. Susan. Think of that.
0: Yeah, Susan Collins.
1: Who's who's sitting behind her? Cindy, the the one that thinks that black people should be lynched. Right. What's her name? I don't from remember. Wherever the hell she's from, Missouri. Not Missouri. Some some southern state, obviously. Um, and then an, and they're like they're uh uh-huh, nodding yes, we believe in Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. and we're voting him in. Because rape, yay! And like, Susan honestly, Collins just said
0: she doesn't regret her vote.
1: No, I know. She, she's going down. Who's challenging her, please? There's a woman, and I don't remember
0: her name, but she's fucking awesome. The doctor? I think so. She's yeah. really great. I don't remember her name. I'm sure I'll know her name later because she's going to be popping up. But, um, you know, I mean, more and more. We're going to see more, more and of her. more.
1: And Amy McGrath with Mitch McConnell and yes. Jamie Harrison with, with Lindsey Graham. Like, I yes. swear to God, I'll go to the poorhouse. Yes. Yeah. Given my last 25 bucks to these people. Make it monthly? Hell yeah, I'll make it monthly. (laughs) It's so
0: funny. Oh my God. It's just, yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, it's so funny or I shouldn't say funny. It's interesting to me to look at how we work as human beings. And, you know, I mean, I've talked about this a lot. I've written about it in my book, American Woman. I've written articles about this, but you know, as a young person, I grew up in the Jenna and, you know, as a Gen Xer and I watched Sesame street and
1: Mr. Rogers and free to be you and me. And then, Oh my God, let's sing that whole soundtrack <laughs> on the, what makes us happy portion of the show. Yes,
0: exactly. And then, you know, moving on to, of course I was a kid in the seventies who watched TV. I mean, it was happy days, Laverne and Shirley, and it was Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. And so, you know, Mary Tyler, Moore and Rhoda and One Day at a Time all focused on women who were... basically feminists and who were in the working world. And, you know, Rhoda was interesting because she was so in love. I love that show. I love uh,
1: Rhoda. Remember when Rhoda tries to flip the hat and just kind of walks away and she's like, yeah, yeah, it sucks to be a woman, (laughs) but I'm going to fucking fight. That's what that that said to me about Rhoda.
0: Yes, I love her. I love Valerie Harper. And the way that she was, I thought it was so amazing because i watched it later as an adult the whole the whole series and how she was in love with i can't remember who who was her husband do you remember her husband's name i can't remember on rhoda yeah
1: joe played joe, by david joe, joe
0: joe 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 i had a crush on him too it's he was funny. oh that curly hair as an adult such
1: a man i know oh not please i had it as a kid oh really? i love joe
0: yeah, he was kind of sexy. and um, But then they broke up. But I thought they did a fantastic job of showing her vulnerability and insecurity. Like she was always worried about being fat. She was always worried that he wasn't going to love her. And I so identified with that, especially when I was younger. You know, just feeling like, um, you know, this this relationship I'm in now with Bob Seska, it's the only, I, I never knew men could be this way. and And I didn't have a lot of experience because my first boyfriend was when I was 18 and then Bob was my next. I mean, I dated men, but I I never was in a serious committed relationship and I didn't trust. I mean, year after year that would go by that I was alone. Um, I think part of it was being afraid of it. And part of it was, um, it was a lot of different reasons where I I met someone that didn't like me or they, you know, the way that I liked them or vice versa. I think that I was kind of drawn to people who were not looking for, uh, for a committed relationship because I think I was afraid of it and I didn't trust it. But it's like, I, you know, I mean, I'm always blown away because Bob is, you know, I mean, as I've, you know, I mean, when I met him, I, I certainly didn't have the body of a 35 year old. I met him when I was 47, but I was thinner. And since I've been with him, I've gained weight and everything, which is like always the thing for me. You know, I've always been so insecure about my body and he loves me and he accepts me for who I am. He accepts my weird quirks, my moods, whatever, you know, I didn't think anyone ever would. I just I didn't think anyone would. And so um, to see Rhoda going through all those same insecurities that I felt, it was like so magical. But, you know, I grew up watching all these programs and again, you know, bringing into the conversation, the Cosby show with at the time we didn't know he was a rapist. But those were you know, I thought that that was mirroring and in a way it was. It was kind of mirroring our society. It helped Cosby show helped. Americans feel comfortable with black people and also recognizing, hey, they can be wealthy. And, you know, I mean, it it helped America, even though we're still fucking racist. A lot of us, it helped us be not it's not that we started off as racists, but, you know, we were introduced, I think, to racism. And then the Cosby show is here to say, hey, look, you know, we're just cool and normal like you. And, and and so, you know, but now it feels like all these things that that we witnessed growing up that seemed like we were on the road to equality and tolerance and acceptance, it's like they're disintegrating. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's what it feels like. Maybe it just was never there in the first place. I don't know. Well, like, what do you think about that? I mean, you're a person of color. So... I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to what your experience has been um, with discrimination and tolerance. I know you've told me some stories about when you yeah. were younger.
1: Well, you know, I mean, for somebody... So my mom is Italian, and it's so funny. She's like third-generation Californian. Her her grandparents were Italian immigrants, and, you know, um, it was back when you could come here and you could make it, but there were times I remember my mom saying... You know, there were white kids at school that wouldn't, whose parents wouldn't allow them to date an Italian girl. Wow. Or the Portuguese, the Portuguese and Italian, they, they mixed because they kind of understood each other's plight and you know and and I'm I'm not saying that that's that's a real thing you know you it was there was a pecking order you know just you you hear it all the time you know Irish were looked upon yeah um at one point as as dirty immigrants Mm -hmm. right well then that, that time time changes by the time my mom meets my dad like her rung was much higher as an Italian American than my father who was of Mexican descent, yeah. okay? And then when I was like, my my grand my Italian grandparents did not want my mom marrying my father because of his ethnicity. Yeah, and so then they have, you know, my mom. I remember her kind of not sugarcoating it, but they looked at things differently then. You know, like we call out racism and discrimination now because we're just not going to have it, right? Or we're not. You and I aren't yeah. going to, and then the people we associate with aren't going to. But as a kid growing up, for me, you know, with a last name of Dominguez Mm -hmm. and looking clearly brown, you know, there were things that that we sure we were discriminated against. Always. My father would not have it. And my father would get in anyone's face who even tried to bring it up. They never tried to bring it up with him because you (laughs) didn't cross Joe Dominguez, period, the end. But. For me and and I know for my brother to a degree, you know, there were kids that would say, oh, you know, dirty Mexicans. Oh, sorry, Steph. You're not one of those kind. Uh, And that's soul crushing. Yeah, because because you can't as a kid. I didn't have the um, the confidence to stand up against that ridiculousness. Yeah. And and I think my kids do because we talk Hmm. about it. We talk about it openly. I remember going to my mom once and some kid calling me and my brother screaming out his bedroom window, beaners, as we're walking to school. And I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I kind of knew it was, well, that's probably derogatory since he's flipping me off too. But um, (laughs) I asked my mom what it meant. And she was like, who said that to you? And like, she went crazy. Now, my response, she said, you know, if that happens again, you yell right back and you, you know, you stand up for yourself. Yeah. And um, we did and it never happened again. But oh, still, damn. it did, we didn't we didn't understand why someone would want right. to come at us like that. That was what was most puzzling. Right. And for my mom in 1976, she was more like mama bear, you know, and we didn't get into the philosophy of why that's fucked up, <laughs> you yeah. know. And instead it was like, oh, you yeah. know, and my mom would be like driving by, you know, uh, I, I envision her, <laughs> you know, that scene in, in um, Bridesmaids when Kristen Wiig is driving her beat down car <laughs> past her cop boyfriend yes. over and over. And she's got like a cig and a brew in her hand <laughs> yeah. and the seats kind of relaxed. Like, granted, there was no beer was my mom was driving us around, but we were in a pin. We were in a Pinto station wagon with wow. the wood paneling on the side. And oh she'd be God. like, you are not. Like that vibe was coming out of her when we drove past these kids' house and when we drove, if anybody. You know, so like I had someone who was going to come to my rescue and stand up for me. But what wasn't happening were these philosophical discussions on what motivates a person to hate on you because of, of who you are who you, you know, what your ethnicity is and, you know, what your gender is mm-hmm. and whether or not you choose to be a tomboy or, you know, all these things, whether you're a boy who wants to wear makeup. Like, these are things that I just knew inherently. Like, you didn't fuck with people because of their choices or because of who they are. Mm-hmm. And that just went without saying. So it was tough to reconcile as I got older for sure. Yeah. You know, now it's just like, honey, you want to wear the boys' clothes and you wanna chop all your hair off. You do that. Yeah. You you don't you love people because of who they are, not what they are. Yeah. Okay. And so this is the this is me being okay with that at fifty-three and being able to impart that on my children. But I remember feeling Um, I just just to go back to the Cosby thing like when that show came on I was so happy to see successful black people on television like sitting down to a dinner table having important discussions around education and just doing things that we only that people of color only ever watched white people be successful at yeah. And, you know, it sucks that Cosby's a disgusting rapist who yeah. drugged women to have his way with them. But the message in that show was so important. Like, we sat down as a family and watched that thing. Yeah. My and mom VCR'd and I VCR'd it. Yeah. And VCR'd that shit so we could then watch it again. Um, you never saw that for Latinos. Wow. It's yeah. I didn't, you know what?
0: As a white person, I got to say, that didn't even ever occur to me. It didn't occur Mm -hmm. to me. And, you know, I grew up in California. And I actually, I really, you know, as an adult, I grew I moved there in 1977 with my mom when I was nine. And obviously, coming from Baltimore, Maryland, I was introduced to the Mexican culture. I mean, they've got Olvera Street and obviously, you know, everything in California is San This and San That, San Luis Obispo, San Mm -hmm. Diego. And so, so much influence from Mexican culture. And I heard the Beaners and I heard the wetbacks, and I heard all that. So I never, I never said that as a kid because I don't know there was never any reason for me to feel like I had to hate on them. And I don't, I heard it, but it wasn't something that stuck with me. And I guess I didn't hear it all the time. You know, the first school that I went to in California w- was in Brentwood, which is a very affluent affluent neighborhood. yeah that's and, where OJ's from. Yes, I know. I was often around the area where that um, Starbucks was. Uh, that his wife would hang out and, and and the gentleman that died, but you know I mean we were we were very close to that. But Ron, Ron Goldman, Ron Goldman, there was uh, you're so good with names. I um, knew him. You did.
1: I, I used to work with his sister Kim and Fred and Ron used to come into the restaurant. Wow. They were yeah, they were a tight crew, those three. That's really just so sad. yeah. I, I only I knew Kim for because I worked with her. Um and I would see her father and her brother. You know, Hi, how yeah. are you, Mr. Goldman? Yeah, you know. Wow. Um so that was, was it, it was weird. I saw Kim, she went to San Francisco State and I saw her in a restaurant when I lived in the city years after we worked together and um, it was a couple weeks before her brother was murdered.
0: Oh my God!
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a t- that was a tough one. And of course, she was a firecracker. Like you just knew about her yeah. that she was gonna kick ass in life. And did she? Oh, I totally. Mean, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just a horrible, horrible, horrible.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, man. but I mean the that sc- that neighborhood is primarily white. I mean, you're going to get a little, a little bit of, you know, there's going to be some Mexicans. Well, if you're a famous,
1: if you're a famous rich person of color, you can live in Brentwood.
0: Right. Um, So, you know, I mean, there were kids in my school who, but most of them were white. Um, So there weren't so many Mexicans there that there was some, you know, great big animosity where children were referring to other, you know, children as, as derogatory names. Um, But I always, I liked the Mexican culture. I embraced it in, when I lived, especially as an, an adult, I really appreciated it because it's just so rich and it's colorful yes, it and it's, it's the food is fucking amazing. And, you know, I mean, as I've said on the show millions of times, well, maybe not millions, uh, that, you know, my best friend at the time, uh, during, uh, uh, several years, um, before I moved to Northern California, uh, she's Mexican or I hung out with her whole family and they were like my family. And so, I, I was you know and her it was funny because I spent a lot of brother or, or I can't even talk today I spent a lot of time at her brother's house, and her brother's house was the house that her whole family grew up in, and it was in El, they call it El Monte El Monte and El Monte um, El Monte and it was you know I mean it wasn't a dangerous neighborhood but it was just a it was maybe middle like lower middle class and primarily Mexican. And, you know, I spent so much time there. And, oh, my God, his house was just a mess. He had, like, um, it was so bad. <laughs> he had, like, quilts as as curtains. And my friend would make fun of him, her brother, because, you know, she was – she lived uh, elsewhere. But, um, you know, she would make fun of him. She's like, why don't you fucking get curtains? <laughs> and, you know, and she would rag on him. But, I mean – he was just, he was a, a strange dude. But anyway, beyond that, I mean, I loved her whole family. I just, so I just, I never, I never got into that thing. And I, I didn't really, as a child, pick on people because I was picked on, especially when I went to that school. I went to Brentwood Elementary School and there were these two girls, they were two white girls, but they decided to pick on me and they Uh-oh. they would, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything terrible, but the worst thing they did was, you know, at the time stickers were everything. We had the puffy stickers and just, Oh, like I every, love the puffy stickers, every, all the stickers. So I, my na- my notebook was filled with stickers and they took my notebook and they threw it in the street. And <sighs> I just, I remember, I just, I felt so embarrassed and I felt so humiliated and sad. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I understood what it was like to, to be bullied. And it's not that I was some great kid. Cause I did my own share of you know there was this girl in in our school I hung out with rich kids I was not a rich kid but um I my best friend was the daughter of a couple who both worked for the Sassoon jeans Sasson um, and they they lived in this house that was like a mansion and um my friends were all rich and there was another girl who went to our school like me who was you know she wasn't rich but she was very naive she was like the naive girl who st- it was a fourth grade. She still believed in Santa Claus. And so my girlfriend and I would like pick on her because we thought she was so, um, naive. And so we, we would, I would pretend that I was rich and we would rub it in her face. How, how rich we were. And oh, I mean, God. I yeah, never kids do weird stuff. I know it's really stupid, but I mean, I bullied her in a way. I mean, I didn't bully her. it stopped though when another girl came into the picture named Jenny and kicked this other girl in the stomach. <gasps> I was like, I, 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 I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I didn't want to hurt the girl. I was just kind of like propping myself up and I felt it made me feel good to pretend that I was rich, you know, and it's mm-hmm. stupid, but I was nine and, uh, you know, and I was just going along with what my friends were doing. But as soon as, as soon as Jenny kicked this girl, I was like, no, I can't do this. And, and we, and I pretty much stopped antagonizing her. But Jenny, um, what's up? Yeah, fucking Jenny. (laughs) It was Jenny and Natalie. They were they were kind of mean girls, but they were wealthy. They were these wealthy white girls and they were very privileged. And so, you know, they thought and and they embraced me. But this other girl, because she was kind of naive, they just wanted to mock her. And so I joined in because I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of that. You know, the girls that I liked, I wanted to be part of that group. I always Mm -hmm. look back and it's like, I wish I could apologize. You know, I, I wish I could find that girl. I don't even remember her name. But it's I can kind of remember what she looks like. But it's like I was cruel. I wasn't mean, but I was kind of cruel. Because I, I was trying to make her feel bad for not having a lot of money. And it was fo- funny because my mom and I, my mom was like, we were living with a roommate in a two-bedroom apartment. I shared a room with my mother. So it's not like we had any money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Kids do, you know, I, I mean, God. I, I had, we, it's sometimes it's like out of, I don't want to say it's like a survival mode, but I remember when my dad was going to grad school and I was young, I was kinda of on my own a little bit, you know, when my mom was at work and my dad was studying and my brother had a someone that was watching him, but I was sort of doing my own thing and I invented an older brother because it made I, I'm not even his name was David. I'm not even I'm not even joking. Like that made me feel safe because yeah. someone who I did an after-school gymnastics class. My mom and dad were like, right, oh, it's five bucks, right, you're going. And there was another kid who um, lived elsewhere in Palo Alto in a nice part of town, and her mom was coming to pick her up in the car after gymnastics, and she had an older sibling, and she was white, and I was just like, I was going to go get on my bike and ride home, you know, at dusk at nine. Wow. I said, oh, she goes, do you, how are you getting home? And I said, oh, uh, don't worry, my mom's coming to get me. My mom and my older brother. She goes, oh, you have an older brother. I, like, I fully made it up. Like, yeah. it made me feel safe. And then I remember walking across the street, unlocking my bike, getting on my bike and riding home through campus. Like, that's what I did. And then I got chased one time by an adult man when I was nine years old. <sighs> who tried, who when I like laid my bike out and hopped a fence like a rat for safety and he stopped and he goes, damn it, you were too fast for me. Just to bring it back around to rape culture. (sighs) Just because we were off track a little bit there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, people. You know, I mean, I was fortunate as a kid. I've had some weird experiences and men were inappropriate with me um, when I was a young girl. But I, I didn't experience something like that. You know, I mean, I had a weird experience though, and I, I don't, I don't know who did this, but I, I can't remember the make of the car. But it was this olive green car, and oh God, I wish I could remember the make of it. But anyway, I, this when I lived in Brentwood, we lived on the first floor, and a, and there were these two women that lived on the second floor, Karen and somebody else, and Karen was like an old fuddy duddy, and she would always yell when kids were making too much noise, and nobody liked this woman, and. So anyway, there was a Sunday. This is a weird story, but there was this particular Sunday. And Karen had this car. She had this this uh, olive color, color car that I don't remember the make. Was it and a pacer? No, it was more like a K car or something like that. You oh, know, like yeah. Some kind I of love
1: the K car. Buicks
0: or I don't know. <laughs> it was just something like that, four-door. And so we had this very long driveway that was like shiny cement. And so I always used to have this weird um, thing about I wanted to check the mail all the time. And it's funny because, you know, I, I loved answering machines anytime there's a message. And then now we're in like the Internet age where, oh, my God, there's so many messages. There's so many fucking ways to get mail now. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the mail. And it was a Sunday and I knew that the mail wouldn't be delivered, but I wanted to check it anyway. And I was it was in the middle of the day and I was watching King Kong and my mom was home. And I decided, all right, it was a commercial came on and I decided I was going to go check the mail and I had a pair of socks on and I was walking on this slippery pavement. And so just as I go, you know, I'm like coming out of the door um, and I'm going to turn left to go down toward the mailbox and walk on the slippery cement. The neighbor, uh, one of my neighbors, this guy, the single guy, um, just happened to be leaving. So he and I were walking toward the end of the, you know, the beginning of the driveway, I should say, where there was this car that I just like the one I described, this like olive green car, and it was just sitting there for it wasn't moving. And I I remember feeling really uncomfortable about it. But this man was, you know, with me when I was walking toward the mailbox. So he keeps going. I go into the mailbox. And of course, there's nothing. And I walk back and I'm walking to my apartment and then I hear this green car and I hear the engine revving and -hmm. then they just fucking put the pedal to the metal and I'm running on this slippery, slippery, uh, you know, pavement and I just fucking make it. The car would have hit me. And I, you know, to this day, on purpose, yeah. And to this day, I don't know who it was. I, I, I don't know if it had anything to do with this Karen woman who had the same kind of car. It could have Jesus. been. And I didn't tell my mother because I was so afraid. Like you talk about your mom, my oh, mom would have pitched. My mom would have gone fucking crazy. And the the scariest part was when they finished, they turned around and they went back and they sat again at the beginning, or at the, you know, at the beginning of the uh, of the driveway, waiting. And they were still there, and it's like I could have told my mother, but I, she would have gone out there, and I thought they would have run her over. Oh my god! So it's like I mean, I you know I, I don't even know why I brought this up, but it was just weird how like, um, you know, oh I it was just about I wasn't necessarily molested or in. A... Okay, just just FYI, everybody, I hit a button, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I did, but I stopped recording, so we had to we had to uh, I saved the file. And now um, we're recording again, so sorry about that.
1: (laughs) I hit a button. I hit
0: a button. Yeah, but, you know, I was just, we were talking about the fact that um, it was just so weird that that somebody had come after me. And I wasn't, I I may not have been a victim of, like, child molestation, but that was, like, a weird situation when I was a kid
1: people are weird and there are bad people out there who want to take advantage of children whether somebody wants to um catch you when you're riding your bike home or they want to put the fear of god into you and make you run for your life i mean that's that's just messed up yeah that that's it's fucking weird it's just fucking weird
0: <sighs> i don't know but you mm. know what i want to um i want to tell you something i don't remember if i told you this uh, on the phone when we were just talking between us. Did I mention to you that Ivanka rumor? No. <gasps> okay. Well, look, this is, this is all, uh, I'm just saying this is a rumor and, and it's literally from people who are on the Trump campaign. And the reason I'm saying this is because I know somebody who is working with the Trump campaign, not for, but with. Mm-hmm. And so he said, that and he's a Republican. He said that there are legit rumors going around in DC that Trump wants Ivanka to take over for him. Right. So um, you know, Bob wrote an article about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so the deal and so, you know, Bob's thinking, okay, if it's gonna happen, how's it gonna happen? Because he can't just say, Go away, Mike Pence my you know, um or 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 whatever. Wait, 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 take it back. He can't just say, I'm gonna leave and Ivanka is going to take over for me because it would be Mike Pence. So the way that they would make this happen, if, if, if this is at all true, if there's any truth to it, um, is that he would not nominate Mike Pence as his VP for 2020. He would nominate Ivanka. Mm-hmm. And then the idea is they would win the election and then he would step Sh- down and then she could pardon him hmm. So, um, you know, because right now he does not want to leave the presidency because that's the only thing protecting him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea of why would he want to leave? Well, some people are suggesting that, you know, he's got dementia and that's part of it. Some people think that he just hates his job. Um, he hates being president. I don't know if this is even true, but it's but it is a legitimate rumor floating around D.C., it's not just me hearing things on the internet. I mean, this person that I know, like I said, he, he's met people from Cambridge Analytica. He has talked to them. He, he said he doesn't like them, but whatever. Um, and, and this particular person is doing um, opposition re- research on Democrats. And so he's in the know. You know, I mean, he's, he's got the inside scoop. And does it mean that this is going to happen? I have no idea, but people are talking about it in Washington. So I just thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Well, first of all, she would never win.
0: Well, it would be Trump as the ma- It would be Trump, and then her as the VP. So, oh, oh, rah, bah, bah, bah,
1: of course, fine, yes, but I don't think she on the ticket. Right, I think it would hurt. I him. just, I think it would hurt him too.
0: Yeah, especially with, I mean, not with his base, but with the independents and you know, with other people who are like, hmm, I'm not sure what to think. Because misogyny yeah. in the
1: Republican Party. Yeah. I mean, she embarrassed him at the G20. Yes. And, and that's tough to do because look who she's embarrassing. <laughs> I know. I mean, that dismissal by the woman that runs the IMF was just like, oh, I, I, I can't know. even count how many oh. times I watched it. It was painful, but it was like, yeah. shut your trap, Yeah, and
0: Charlotte girl. Clymer said something about like how he couldn't stop watching Ivanka and, and her spin cycle hands because she was like spinning her hands when she was trying to sound like she knew what she was talking about.
1: Right. Uh, so. <laughs> right. Oh, she's just uh, it's I very male dominated. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So shut the fuck, fuck up. Fuck. Up.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, and you know, just because she's pretty and she can say $25 words doesn't mean she can be the president. At least she knows better words than the president. This I can tell you. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think that that would hurt him. But you know, the idea is who's going to pardon him. The only flaw, the only flaw that I see is state charges, because obviously if he, if that scenario were to happen and they were to, you know, win and she was going to take over as president, the state could, states could go after him like New York and there's nothing that she could do, but she would be more, he could trust her over Pence to pardon him.
1: Oh well, of course, because if she's she still has her cart hitched to his wagon, that means power and money and yeah. forty six hundred dollar dresses at the G twenty. Yeah, exactly. Come on, girl, um, not you, her. Yeah. Hey, so why is it you? Th- I mean, what I don't understand. Um, like Acosta's not resigning, right? Right. For this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. He's actually saying, I commend the Southern District of New York. It's like, great dude, you commend them for doing work you should have done Mm -hmm. uh, 17 years ago, right? Um, Why is the the Trump administration not condemning Epstein? Why are they not walking away from this and distancing distancing themselves from this? Well, to a degree
0: Trump is because he was saying that they had a falling out and he doesn't like him anymore. There was a
1: quote... When did he say that? Oh, I must have missed the news for five minutes. Yeah,
0: he said it yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was reported on yesterday. Although there is a quote from him in 2002, I think New York Post has it, that, you know, oh, Jeffrey Epstein's a great guy and he really loves a good, fun social life, just like me. And And he he loves loves young women. women. Yeah.
1: On the younger side. Yeah. You filthy animal. Yeah.
0: So, obviously... um, well, I, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder if what Russia has on him has something to do with that, with pedophilia. But I don't know. I really, I don't know. And, um, but now he's trying to, yeah, he is trying to distance himself from Epstein
1: at this point. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Well, it'll be it, interesting it, to see who's yeah. named, you know. Guess but,
1: what? The truth will come out Yeah. Here. Okay. If that, if Epstein has a safe... Filled with labeled photographs yeah. of his victims, you think he doesn't have some documentation? Yeah,
0: like young what, on what the did dudes
1: on the dudes that were in there.
0: Yeah, it's like, young, I, what did he call it? Young girl nude pics or something like that, or girl I nude don't pics.
1: Know. Oh, I hate him so much. I know
0: he he's so, he's such a wretched fucking monster. And all these men, and you know there were women involved because women knew and stayed quiet. Men knew maybe they didn't participate, but they stayed quiet.
1: People well, knew about this. doing is recruiting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's you just, know? it's sickening. It's just sickening. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there who say, I can't believe this. Believe it. It's much more mm-hmm. common than anybody thinks.
1: I can't believe this. You can? Can you believe any of the stuff? Yeah. Can you believe he was caught on tape saying you can grab women by the pussy and was elected? Can you believe that? Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's ha- it's all out there. He it's told all you. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. He told you when who someone is. tells you who they are, believe, believe them. them. Yes. Believe absolutely. Believe that. Oh my God.
0: Um. Well, why don't we? Why don't we? Go into, what makes us angry and what makes us happy (laughs) so um do you have something ready because i do of course
1: (laughs) well i mean i always be stupid and say what happened but you know an hour ago when we started this i'm like what makes me happy coffee (laughs) 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 i gotta break it down to the simplest of terms people coffee is amazing damn (laughs) no what makes me happy i'll tell you what makes me happy um I, I am so, like, proud of my children and my family and just knowing that we're, you know, I, I, not not to be gross, but, like, living our best lives and just being... Just seriously, like, just trying to be people who say what we're going to do. I mean, do what we're going to... What, what is it? <laughs> who, do, who do what we say we're going to do. Right. And who stand up for the right things and who are there for... The people in our lives, like that's all I need, really, yeah. right now. You know, yeah, I'm thankful that I have a that I have a, a, a means of, you know, helping to make money for my family and put food on the table. And, you know, I don't, I just want to live that way and just take care of people and be there for my friends. I want to be that middle of the night phone call. Like I want people to have me on that list. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's who I want to be. That those are the people that I want to raise as in, in it, to come up in the world. And I think that I'm doing that. And so that makes me really happy to know that. Aww. Is that is that okay?
0: That's wonderful. Whatever okay. makes you happy. And I guess the angry would just be what everything we've been talking
1: about. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm angry every day. When I think about the injustice in this world, I'm angry every day when I think about a year ago, bitching about children being separated from their parents and children in cases, and Ivanka, you're complicit. Peeing my pants in Fresno, screaming that at her as her Escalade drove by. And it's worse now. I'm infuriated by that. I'm infuriated that this country with the aid of Russia helped elect a person who is a sexual predator and a criminal and a tax evader and a charity creator so he can rip off from people who are giving to children with cancer, I, that angers yeah. me every single day. It angers me that the taxpayers are paying for his children who are grifters to go to England and put on tuxedos and ugly-ass dresses to pose with the queen on our dime yeah. I'm sick that, that there are people in my community who have to work two and three jobs to put food on the table so that their children can eat and go to a shitty underfunded school. That angers me every day when those people are walking around in Washington, D.C. and taking from the hardworking American people. I could go on. Yeah. And I could lose my shit. <laughs> and I do, but but so that's what that goes back to what makes me happy. I'm trying to set an example for my for my family and for the people around me that that's not how we do. Yeah. We don't do that way. We look out for those who maybe have less than what we have and we are champions of people who are trying to make it in this world and we are gonna Um, speak out on behalf of these migrant families whose lives are being torn apart because Trump is a racist, disgusting criminal. And everybody that associates themselves with him is complicit. Yes. Okay. And now I'm stepping down from the soapbox.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I'll start with angry. But what makes me angry is when I see conservatives, as I said earlier, either splitting hairs about what constitutes child rape, or somehow defending what's going on at these detention centers, or basically concentration camps, because they'll say things like, well, their parents shouldn't have taught them to do something illegal, or their parents shouldn't have included their children when they were doing something illegal. Um, I'm so infuriated by the by the way that conservatives in this country are basically just accepting this torture and and accepting rape not that this is something new I mean the detention centers are fairly new I mean it's not to say that when Obama was president everything was hunky-dory I mean there were rapes going on um, at that time but it's it's gotten it's gotten so much worse now because these people are in these you know, rooms where there's a hundred people and there's not even enough room to lay down. They don't mm-hmm. have beds. They don't have, they don't have anything there. It, it's, they completely haven't, they inhuman. haven't had
1: access to a shower in, in a month. Yeah, some of And them. I mean, they're drinking out of the fucking toilet. They're being fed frozen food that it, uncooked inedible yeah. and they're being forced to eat that. And it's just being essentially thrown at them.
0: Yeah. And, and when they're sick, I mean, there was this one story about, uh, It was a kid who was sick and said that they were, you know, thrown into this cell with other sick kids where kids were vomiting and they would basically get two pills a day. And that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they weren't getting proper care. It's inhumane. And people argue with semantics over inhumane and torture. I say it's torture. It's a form of torture when they're afraid they're going to be raped or whether they are raped. And it's not just it's women, it's children. Um, these people are in such horrid, wretched conditions that no one should be in. Um, I mean, what John McCain went through was maybe worse than what some of these kids have gone through, but I still think it's a v- another form of torture. So, oh, of
1: course it's torture. Yeah, Negate. I mean,
0: it's like I don't want to. Ju- I don't want to say, well, it's not torture; it's just inhumane. It's like
1: no, no it's, it's fucking totally torture. It's totally torture. It's totally torture. Being left with having the lights on all the time. They when, when people are being tortured like in a in a terrorist sort of situation they don't let them sleep yeah sleep deprivation right. is a form of torture these people don't have anywhere to lay down it's cold they're filthy yeah they're there, there's con- lice
0: there's um you know all the flu and sickness and you know and the thing that i don't understand i really don't understand are these guards that are taking pleasure In the torture. I mean, I get that the administration, you know, you've got Stephen Miller, who's who's probably coming up with all of this wretchedness. But I mean, if I were a guard working under these, you know, I don't understand how you can take delight in in watching other people suffer in any way, in any way at all. How can how can you as a human being delight in that? Right. You know, I I just I don't understand.
1: I I can't I can't. No, no, that, that, that's a flawed psyche. That's what makes That me takes angry. delight in that. Yeah. And, and over half of those um, CPB employees take delight in it. Yeah, and
0: that's what I don't get. I just, I mean, I get the fact that, you know, the Trump administration has a lot of evil people in it and they don't care, but it's the delight. It's the laughter. It's the, I just don't give a shit about you how 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 is that even I don't know, I don't know, but okay, so what makes me happy? What makes me happy is Amy McGrath is running against Mitch McConnell, and she oh, is i'm a I'm fucking super happy about that badass. too. and I'm yeah. happy that Kamala Harris is working with a o c and I'm happy that the women of this of twenty twenty are kicking ass, and I mean, I don't know how it's all going to. You know how it's going to end up. I don't know if Elizabeth Warren is you know what I wish this would be like my goal like my wish would be that Kamala Harris could be the one debating him um, in the general but that that uh, Warren would be the president and she would make Kamala Harris the AG. But I think like the strength Harris has over Warren is that she's a prosecutor. And that she would be able to debate Trump in a way that no one else could. I mean, I think Warren would be fantastic against him, but I think Kamala has the edge there. And I think that like where Do Elizabeth
1: you, you don't hmm. Okay, just, just let me interject for one second. I, I agree that Kamala would absolutely shred him yeah. in a debate. I mean, like, that makes me have goosebumps and yeah. like ting- feel tingly. <laughs> yeah. But Elizabeth Warren as just a just relatable human being who's probably one of the smartest people ever to walk the planet. Yeah. Okay? The way she stands up for the everyday American, I think that's stark contrast with one of her four colored blazers in a <laughs> in a debate that with the collar contra- up <laughs> with the collar up and her cute little gold round stud balls yeah and her and like with her little black boots and her black pants and what is she like a size two that I little know. whip of a human being just like she's in better shape than me and what does she have like you know 18 years on me she against him that contrast yeah.
0: you know how funny it's like the the conversation of it's almost flipping. Remember, because you were like, I'm all Kamala. And now you're telling me that, uh, you think, Oh, I'm
1: yes, yes. Yes. No, I love them both. Yeah. I, I was love all both. in for Kamala because I saw her speak early on. And then Elizabeth right. comes on. I, I, and I believe I, you know, we, we've both been up and down this yes. list a million times and we're both, we've both put it out there that if it's a flaming bag of feces and it's got a D right. by its name, we're voting for that yeah. bag.
0: But you know how I'm going to feel? This is how, this is what I, this is my little prediction. I think it's, it's going to come down between those two women. I think that I agree. I think right now it's Biden because he's got the polling numbers, but I think he's going to lose that. I think his numbers are going to drop and then it's going to be between Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. And frankly, when it comes down, I mean, unless there's an absolute, you know, one woman just does something or, or a series of things that's just absolute, like, okay, that's it. I'm for her. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless something like that happens. I think that no matter who I vote for, I'm gonna feel bad that I couldn't
1: vote for the other one. You know? Right, right. But I also think, and I'm vote I'm I would be so stoked if it was either of them. And sometimes I sit and I take time out of my life to go, oh my God, but if it's Kamala, then uh, but if it's Elizabeth who you know, I mean yeah, exactly. that if that's if that's our dilemma and we're both like we <laughs> yeah. lay down on train tracks for both of them, like bring it. Yes. But here's the thing: if one of them gets there, the other one's coming along. Yeah. And you know that's that. true. And well, you I- know that. Yes. Sorry.
0: I was just going to say, I'm going to leave. I, I, I've, I've kind of wrestled with saying this because I don't want people to make a wrong assumption about me. Um, but I have a friend. She's a little older and uh, she's psychic. And she, you know, I mean, she's she predicted that Trump was going to win and she, it made mm-hmm. her very uncomfortable to, to predict that. And so, of course, you know, I, I don't pay her, but she just will, you know, tell me what she sees. I'll ask her, you know, what do you see politically? Did you, you know, I asked her about the midterm elections and she was right. She thought that we were going to win the house and she didn't think we were going to win the Senate. I mean, that that's almost predictable, but we weren't sure. And, um, she, but so anyway, I asked her several weeks ago, um, you know, do you think, who do you think the democratic nominee is? And she couldn't, she couldn't see anybody. And I said, can you see a woman? And she goes, I can't see a woman. And she goes, that doesn't mean it's not going to be a woman. I just can't tell. So, um, you know, and I take everything. I just take it for fun. You know, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't fucking bank on anything. But she called me the night after it was the night of the second debate before it started. And she's like, okay, I see something. And she says, it's, I see a woman. And so she sees that the democratic nominee will be a woman. And then she took it so far to say that she didn't see Trump winning. So if that's Mm. the case and she's correct, like she was in 2016, a woman will win the presidency. Um, again, I want to just put that caveat out or, you know, I know that there's, I'm not saying this is absolute. I, this is just my friend who has made predictions in the past about other things. In fact, I'll just tell you real briefly before we start signing off. But, um, Years ago, I was dating this guy, and we broke up, and I told her specifically, because I, I, I knew he was seeing someone new, and I told her, I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything, so if you <laughs> see anything, don't tell me, and she calls don't me up. say anything. <laughs> she calls me up. She's like, I see something. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, what? So she starts describing to me all the, the way they met, what she looked like, what her hair color was, what she did for a living. She just totally went off on this whole thing. And so I couldn't help it. I called him up and I said, you know, hey, I have a question. Um, this woman that you're seeing, is she a blank? Like, you know, her profession. And he gets quiet and he goes, yeah. And I said, mm-hmm. is she is she about five, six with short brown hair? Yeah. And then I and then I asked one other question. He's like, how do you know this? And then I lied and said I had a dream. (laughs) I didn't want to tell him that my my psychic friend called because he would just think I was an idiot. But it was like she was 100 fucking percent right. And I mean, she's not always right. sometimes she's way off and like, "No, what the fuck are you even talking about?" But occasionally she gets things right. so I just thought I would throw that out there for what it's worth. She sees a woman getting the nomination. She didn't say who she couldn't tell who it was, but she didn't think it would be Amy Klobuchar, but I you know it's basically down to Warren and, and Harris, in my opinion. so here's hoping mm. <laughs> yeah. here's hoping she's right. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I want to remind everybody that next Thursday, we're going to do a show next Thursday um, instead of Wednesday, because Wednesday Mueller is testifying in front of Congress. Hopefully, hopefully that will go down and it'll be public. So we're going to be talking with Terry Canfield. She's a lawyer and she does these amazing threads on Twitter talking about the trump administration and all you know whether it's predictions that she's making or you know spelling it out here's what it means she's fucking brilliant if you don't follow her you should follow her. it's t-e-r-i and then Kane field which is k-a-n-e field so um she's going to be you know giving us her analysis on what Mueller said so that's going to be a really good show and then again mm-hmm. um on end another thing which we're gonna head on over to um steph and i are gonna maybe talk about some stories where we weren't so great when we were dating and then i've got at least one really great story about some fucking dick who was so inappropriate with me on a first date so um that's what we're gonna be talking oh, about oh joy yeah i know but uh you, you definitely want to follow us on twitter right steph <laughs> Oh yeah, we,
1: (laughs) yes, please do. Please follow us on Twitter. You can find Kimberly at author Kimberly, L E Y and me at lady brain show. And we love, we love hearing from you. We, there is, there is a lot of joy, you know, life is busy. And sometimes I, you know, I get all sucked into what I've got going on on the side. And then when we do these podcasts, I have to tell you the comments that we get from those of you who listen, like just they put spring in my step and yeah. it makes me so happy to know that we're bringing a little bit of joy and pleasure for you guys, so just keep it up. I love it. Thank you so much for your support.
0: Yeah, and even even when you have critiques for us, bring it because we we literally listen. I mean, it doesn't seem, mean we're absolutely going to take people's advice if if we don't agree. But there. Oh are, hell you know, no, we don't <laughs> listen.
1: We don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. Totally no, but kidding. we
0: definitely want to hear you know what you have to say. And and once again, thank you to all of our supporters. Um, doing the show is. Something I never thought I would do, but now that I'm doing it, I can't even I can't even imagine not doing it. So I'm hoping that the show grows over time. Um, as far as you know, I, at, at some point I'd love to get to two shows per week. But right now I, I can't commit to that, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna commit to that. But you know that's the goal. Maybe one day we're gonna get to two shows. But anyway, goals. Um, uh, <laughs> goals. Anyway, stick around if you want. Become a patron and listen to uh, our amazing and exciting and fun stories on end another thing (laughs) right on and and we will see you over in that segment